Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. And today we are getting to a topic that has been on our computer, in our files for months and months, and I am so excited about it. Today we are finally recording the episode where we talk about biblical female empowerment. Whoop, whoop. I know. I'm pumped. And for those of you who have been around, you might remember all the way back in season two, we did several episodes on issues like the sanctity of life, biblical beauty and sexuality. And when we were doing all of those, we had kind of intended to do this episode as a follow-up. And then it just never happened. We had too many other good topics and guests to get in. Um, But just in light of those topics, we really wanted to devote an entire episode to the topic of biblical female empowerment. And it is just as applicable today as it was last year when we were covering those other topics. And, you know, this topic applies to us as women, but also as mothers to daughters. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just so excited to dive into this. Same. I mean, Nicole, you and I both have daughters. So we are looking at this from a mother's perspective, but we're also looking at it from just a female perspective of, you know, what does this look like for us to be um, empowered, to have confidence, and, you know, to look at that from the biblical perspective? Yes, because that is such a buzzword, right? Empowerment and female empowerment and girl power, you know, all yes. of these slogans <laughs> have been so trendy for such a long time. And I'm sure we could, you know, and we probably should really, we could do a whole series on uh, the feminist movement. That would be super interesting for us to do. I would love for that to happen. But so this has been going on in our culture for a long time. While there have been some really good things that have come out of it, we have to first and foremost look at empowerment through the lens of scripture and within the biblical context. Maybe I'm just the only person, but I feel like this word empowerment really came into popularity around the 90s. Oh, yeah. And I think we talked about this in some of our previous episodes in those season two episodes about like the Spice Girls, right? So so let's talk about what empowerment is. So by definition, it's the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. You know, the world tells us that, you know, we as women, we can find empowerment through our education, our career, financial independence, our body, our beauty, our sexuality, and really just anything within ourselves. Oh yeah. The self has been hugely elevated, especially for women. You know, we get these messages all the time. Be empowered by loving yourself, embrace your awesomeness, accept completely who you are. You know, these are the messages that we get all of the time. The boss babes. Oh, yeah, yeah. The boss babes. (laughs) And I'm going to put a little plug in here for Allie Beth Stuckey. If you guys don't know who she is, look her up. Her podcast is great. It's called Relatable. I listen to her quite often. But she wrote a book called You Are Not Enough and That's Okay. And it is fantastic. I highly recommend it. It is literally the antithesis of the self-love culture that we live in. And it's so great. And one of my favorite things that she says often in her podcast and in that book, 
the self cannot be both the problem and the solution. So I think that's fantastic. And um, we're going to explore that a little bit today. Why it's not enough. We we can't empower ourselves or to look for that within ourself ultimately is, is just not where it's at. Yeah. And with a title like that, I mean, you know, it's going to be a good book. It's so good. I can't wait for my daughter to read it. Um, yeah, it's, I told her she could read it anytime. She's 13. I think she could digest it um, and get the, get the gist and, you know, really absorb a lot of good stuff for it or from it. So I would just recommend it to anybody. But, you know, even current Christian church culture borrows from these concepts. It's not just like a worldly message. Like these messages can be found in the church and, you know, it might become like in, or it might come in phrases like celebrate you. (laughs) Isn't it amazing how unique God made you, you are amazing, you know, and while there is a place for acknowledging the strengths, skills, talents, and spiritual gifts that God has given us, there's so much more to it than that. There absolutely is. And it's sad to see how many pulpits have just succumbed to this message of self-love and a very progressive and uh, liberal definition of, you know, female empowerment, because it, it seems to align itself more with the third wave feminist movement rather than biblical truth. Well, education and careers, of course, have their value in their place. You know, we don't think those are evil things in and of themselves by any means. But as Christian women, this should not be the source of our identity and certainly our bodies and our Mm -hmm. beauty and our sexuality and all of that. That should not be the source of our identity either. And all these roles that we do have, you know, whether that's in our jobs or, you know, as wives and as moms, all of these things, we should do them to glorify God, not ourselves. Amen. And, you know, I'm thinking of Colossians 3.17, and that just tells us that, you know, whatever we do in word or deed, we have to do everything in the name of Jesus and give thanks to the Father. We have to seek the things that are good and pure and holy, and we have to set our minds on the things above and not on the things of this earth. And right there, it's like the motivation for those things, for our careers, our education. It is about glorifying God, not to like empower ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I love that we brought that verse into, um, into this episode, because I think that really is one thing that makes, you know, what we're talking about so different than what the world tells us, you know, the world tells us that we're empowered for us. Whereas biblical female empowerment will always be for the glory of God. I absolutely love that because that I think cuts to the heart of the issue. Yes. All right. So let's talk about this, about biblical female empowerment and what it means. Ultimately, as a female, our ultimate source of confidence is knowing that we are created by God in his image and to know who we are in Christ. Like that is going to be what, what is our, our empowerment from a biblical standpoint? Yeah. We, as women are created in 
God's image and we were created for a purpose. And, you know, we see this in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And, you know, this is where, you know, we as women get our value, our meaning and our purpose. I love that. Yeah. Right there. First chapter of the Bible. First chapter, God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created them, man and woman, he created them. And I love that because clearly there is a distinct difference between men and women. Adam was created first and then Eve, but that verse is saying that both are created in the image of God. Right out of the gate. It's just right there. (laughs) First chapter. (laughs) Right, right. And it's like, you know, we have a lot more to share yet about this topic, but it's like, if that's all you heard, I feel like that's enough, (laughs) you know, just knowing that you are made But yeah, so that gives us our value and our purpose. Um, You know, we see this in the New Testament. You know, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well, and especially her, she was like the talk of the town. She had (laughs) had five husbands and was living with a guy who was not even her husband. You know, she she was just kind of the, uh, I don't know what you would say, like the least of these in a way, right? It was to her that he revealed that he was the Messiah, which is just so cool. And just that one single example just shows how Jesus elevated the status of women, even of the most, quote, sinful woman. And then even, you know, looking at the New Testament, Jesus's genealogy included women um, and it included women from all different walks of life. Yeah, we think about, you know, who's in there. Ruth, which by the way, if you guys haven't checked out our Ruth episode, make sure to go back and listen to that. I loved learning um, about those beautiful themes in the book of Ruth. But Rahab, she was in Jesus's genealogy as well. She was Mm -hmm. a prostitute. So, I mean, their names are recorded in scripture, never to be forgotten as part of the Savior's genealogy. Like, I love that. Like, it's just so beautiful. And then to know further into the New Testament, we have examples of God using women to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And even after the resurrection, you know, those women who were witnesses to the empty tomb, they were some of the first to, you know, go and tell the disciples, you know, that Jesus had been raised from the dead. I think it is just so interesting to see how God uses women all throughout scripture, even in the old Testament to carry out his special purposes, whether that's for Israel or, you know, the church, but women have a godly purpose and we are part of his mission. And that, like we said at the beginning, that is true. Biblical female empowerment is when we are aligning our will with God's and fulfilling our God-given mission. Yeah. I was reading just today um, in second Samuel, kind of continuing the story of King David after his son Absalom had died and just all that took place after that. And so Joab, who was the commander of King David's army, they were after this one guy who was um, leading a rebellion more or less. And they were like kind of 
beating down the walls of the city to like get this guy. And this woman, I don't know her name. I should go back and find her name. But basically this woman, this wise woman came out and was like, Hey, I am here to make peace. How can I help you? Like, are you trying to destroy the city? Why are you trying to destroy the city? And he was like, Joab was like, no, I'm not trying to destroy the city. We just want this guy. And she was like, okay, well, let us get this guy for you. And then you will leave our city alone. Right. And he's like, yes. And then hilariously, I mean, kind of in a morbid way, she's like, (laughs) okay, we'll throw you this guy's head over the wall. Oh, <laughs> so that's so that's what happened. Like they found the guy that they were after, chopped off his head, and then they like chucked it over the wall, and then they left, and their city was in peace. But anyway, that's a bit mm. of a tangent. But and then I was just reading that story today, and I was like, yeah, that's really cool that this woman was, you know, the voice of reason and was able to like make peace and you know um, keep her city from being destroyed. Right. You know, we have these like women who are just heroes of the faith. They have done incredible things like Mary and Esther and Ruth. But we also have examples of women in scripture who are unnamed, who are just known while being nameless for their holy lifestyles, for being faithful and for growing in their walk. Yes. And that's such an example for us. Like those are the role models, the people that we should be trying to emulate in our life. Not, um, I don't know, Cardi B for instance, right? <laughs> or, or anybody else Hollywood says we should try to be like, you know, yes. as women. Beyonce. I was thinking uh, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you believe that show is still on? Like, what? I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, talking about the New Testament, one of the areas in which we as women can find this empowerment, find this power is from the gospel and not ourselves, especially when we realize, you know, that the gospel, we are all sinners and Jesus is the only way when we accept Jesus, you know, we have freedom in him and we become heirs to a glorious inheritance. Amen. That fires me up because it's like, not only did God create us and we're made in his image, but then we have been redeemed and our position in Christ is incredible. Um, Romans 1 says, and you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Like we belong to him. Like what could be better than that? I don't I know. know. Nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking of like those Christian t-shirts. I think we see them so often that we kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a pretty shirt. Um, But we don't really pause and consider the depth and the meaning of these shirts, but they're the t-shirts that, you know, say like chosen and loved and forgiven. We forget how beautiful those ideas and that reality is for us. Yeah, absolutely. I love Ephesians 1. That is one of my favorite chapters in all of scripture. I think it is so powerful and just amazing to think about um, all of those big words that you just mentioned, you know, because that chapter talks about that we are chosen from the foundation of the world, you know, that we have redemption in Christ through his blood. And then later in the second chapter, 
that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Like that is who we are. And that is the position that we hold. And there is nothing this world can offer that is better than that. Yes. Amen. But the, the second place of power that, you know, we as Christian women have comes from the Holy spirit. Like we have the Holy spirit within us. Like he's there. Yes, I know. I know. I've been thinking so much about the Holy spirit lately. I like had a little mini theological crisis the other week. Cause I was trying to like wrap my mind around the way that the Holy spirit works and his power within us. And I couldn't figure it out, you guys. So <laughs> but it, it's a big topic. I know. I was like texting cat and I'm like reading all these articles and I'm just like diving in, but it really is just amazing to think that that power Christ spirit is within us. The third person of the Trinity resides within us and we do have power through the spirit. Yes. The Holy spirit helps us become more like Christ become more sensitive to the areas in which we need to grow. It shows us, you know, maybe some sins that we weren't conscious of before. It helps us as we read scripture to enlighten us to new things, to new biblical truths. And all of these help us to grow in our walk and become closer with Christ. And, you know, this power is also mentioned in that first chapter of Ephesians, um, And I'm going to read a little bit here, starting in verse 19, or actually, sorry, I'm going to back it up. I'll I'll start it in verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hands in the heavenly realms. Like, that's awesome. That is that assurance of that power. And I love to think about that, even if I can't wrap my head around it. (laughs) Well, it's reassuring because that is where we can get our strength and confidence is within Christ. It's not by taking control or claiming my rights but you know, it's by submitting ourselves to the will of God. Yeah, that is the great paradox, right? You know, we lose control by trying to take it. But when we submit to the will of God, that is when we have power. Yes. And that's just like so different than what the world teaches, what our culture teaches, and even some of pulpits. Yeah. And as Christian women, we are to take up our cross daily. You know, this means to die to ourself, to our fleshly desires, our fleshly pride. You know, when we want to pat ourselves on the back or try to get status or whatever, you know, from the things that we do. No, like we are to take up our cross and die to ourselves, and that is a popular message. Oh, it's not a popular message. It is not. That is not a a way to uh, make friends. <laughs> Well, a few seconds ago, you know, we used the S word submit, right? That is not the word that feminists like to hear, right? It's kind of become this complete opposite of 
submission where it's like we are taking back our power and our control, right? But we are to submit first and foremost to God yes, and to our husbands if we are married. So again, that will probably be a topic for another day, but but that is what we are commanded to do in scripture. Well, submitting and taking up our cross daily, you know, that ties into what our purpose is as Christian women. We are not called to glorify ourselves, but our purpose is to glorify Christ and our Father in heaven. That is our ultimate purpose. Ooh, yes, absolutely. You're not going to hear the world say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Yeah. And like Paul, we should glory in our weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest on us. And, you know, we in our flesh, we like to be strong in our strengths and we want to celebrate our strengths. And kind of like we talked about a little bit ago, certainly we want to give thanks and acknowledge the strengths that God has given us because he definitely is glorified in those things that we can do. Right. But He's also glorified in our weakness and probably even more so because when we are weak, he is strong. Mm -hmm. So it's like win-win for us, you know, as women, like we can't really mess up because either way, whether through our strengths or our weaknesses, like Christ is going to be glorified. Like, that's just a message you're not going to hear in the world. Like, it's okay to not have it all together. It's okay to be weak and to submit and, you know, rely on your husband, rely on God. Like, it's okay for us to do those things and to be weak because the power of Christ is able to shine through us in that way, because it's obviously not our strength, but it's his. Right. Right. Yeah. And that gives us such freedom. Yes. And strength and confidence because, you know, by knowing and serving Christ, we we are becoming more like him and we're not going to find empowerment or purpose or meaning or confidence in ourselves or our career, our beauty, education, um, sexuality. Like you said, our true freedom is in the gospel. Yeah, it is all about what he has done for us and who we are in him. And anything that we do here on this earth, you know, is for him, whether that's, you know, you're a stay at home mom, whether you do have, you know, you work outside the home in whatever capacity, um, we have that freedom. We have the promise that he is never going to leave us. I think that, you know, we talked about having his spirit within us. So yes, he is always with us and God, the father, he sees everything that we do. I was just reading this story. My daughter's reading through Genesis right now. And that's been really fun. Although I did warn her. I'm like, listen, girl, there is some sus and shady stuff that goes down in Genesis. (laughs) Like, let's just be prepared for that. (laughs) But um, she is at the part, or we had just read the other night um, about Hagar and Ah. that whole mess. That whole mess that Sarah and Abraham, you know, uh, made with Hagar and and all of this. And, you know, for those of you who might remember the story that Hagar was like banished, you know, they like asked her to leave and she was pregnant. Right. And she was crying and just thinking about, oh, no, what is going to happen? And she was like crying. I think she was like on a rock or she was just out right in the wilderness somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it talks about 
God came to her. God saw her. He heard her cries and he promised to be with her. I think that's just such a beautiful part of the story um, because she really was kind of like a pawn in their little scheme. And, you know, God was merciful to her and he promised not to leave her. And he promises us the same. We who are his children, he will never forsake us. Nobody can snatch us out of the father's hand. Like he is always going to be with us and provide for us. And that should give us such tremendous confidence and peace. And we have to remind ourselves of these truths by doing so, we are able to proclaim them boldly. We are able to share the gospel with passion and fever. We are able to start sanctifying ourselves through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are able to just grow in our spiritual walk. And all of this is where we are going to find our meaning and our purpose and our confidence as Christian women. I think it was Martin Luther who said, you know, every morning when you wake up, you need to preach the gospel to yourself. So, so true. Yes, it absolutely is. <laughs> but yeah, I, so yeah, that's maybe we kind of leave that. Like that's our challenge is, you know, to start to develop that habit. You wake up first thing in the morning, remind yourself who you are in Christ, remind yourself of the gospel and I can't really think of a better way to start the day, honestly, even if that just means, you know, you're thinking about that while your head's still on your pillow after the alarm goes off, you know, but what a, what a beautiful thing to have as a first thought when you wake up in the morning. Yes. A very redeeming and challenging thought too. I think we should close out with second Peter one, three, and it says his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness.